Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Sridhar Sanidi, and he is the CEO and founder of Grow Wealth to Retire. He is a seasoned technologist with over three decades of experience in legacy, distributed internet and cloud computing. And as an accredited deal syndicator and past investor, he specializes in A and B class apartment complexes and land development through syndications. He has co-sponsored approximately over 3,700 units across 15 multifamily complexes in Texas and Tennessee. And notably, three of these complexes completed four cycles in less than four years. He's also a passive investor in over 11,600 multifamily units across the U.S. So, Sridhar, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome, and how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. Uh, Hi, listeners. Uh, It's really a privilege to meet you all on this podcast. Sridhar, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Sure. Uh, you mentioned about my background already. So I'm an IT professional. I was an IT professional, not as I am. Uh, I, now I'm full-time commercial real estate developer, syndicator. Until last year, I was an IT professional. So I started in uh, 95, uh, my career, not even 95, 92. And three years, uh, I was abroad. And then uh, I came to US in 95. Since then, I was working in uh, mostly... Wall Street firms like Goldman, Namura, uh, Citigroup, and uh, Prudential. Then relocated to Dallas 10 years back. I was with two tech firms, large tech firms like Oracle and then Google. So from Google, I finally said bye-bye to technology field and then continued into commercial real estate. So the reason I started was uh, I wanted to start uh, some business, uh, IT entrepreneurship, and initially, uh, I mean, for everybody, right, the fund is a big challenge, like the funds, in other words, to start the entrepreneurs. Then I thought I should build something, uh, passive income plus uh, net worth, uh, so that I will have the freedom to explore the IT entrepreneurship. So in that process, I tried to acquire single family portfolio, but I could not because so much competition. Then I decided I should go big and bold and I went to commercial real estate and explored a couple of other things in commercial real estate. Multifamily seems to be more promising. So I entered multifamily market uh, six years back. And prior to that, I was doing single family apartments on my own for 20 years. And uh, this one, was a logical uh, transition from there. Uh, in the last five years, you mentioned already, we partnered uh, as a syndicator, GP syndicator in 3,700 plus doors. And three of them went full cycle, 1,000 doors went full cycle. And I continuously invest in passive deals as well. So for a while, you started investing in single-family houses, and then six years ago, you made the transition and started investing in the larger multifamily space. Yep. 
So the for the single family properties, what markets were they primarily in? Was it all in Texas? No, no, I, they, those were abroad. So, you know, it, it, it's a natural tendency. I came from abroad. So I invested abroad. So thinking that they will grow uh, and price uh, valuation, etc. Indeed, they went up by 4x, 5x over a period of 10 plus years. But net, net, I didn't get much money because the conversion rate went bad again. It was against me. So eventually I realized that that was a mistake. And then I said, uh, going forward, I should not do it there. And then I moved uh, my investments to U.S. And that's when I was trying to build a single family portfolio here. And then I said, it's not working out. Let me go big. So what was the first size property that you had purchased in multifamily and what market was that in? Um, originally, uh, in a passive investment, first I invested in a 200 plus unit door as a passive investor and then a 44 unit door deal as a, a part owner. Like, I mean, uh, it's like a JV type of setup and, uh, and the actual syndication was 96 units. Uh, the first syndication as a general partner. So for the first property as a limited partner, um, how did you find, how did you come across the sponsor, the partners that you had decided to invest with? And then was it in a market that you were familiar with already? So when I was uh, looking to build a single family portfolio, I was uh, searching a lot of websites and I bumped into biggerpockets.com. In the biggerpockets.com, I was exploring for opportunities. In that one, uh, one of the multifamily syndicators posted uh, and blog, and then I started following up. And then uh, I realized that he does the multifamily syndications. And then I reached out to him and I got the opportunity to put it in the first one. And it got full cycle in three years. That's a huge thing. And the rest is history after that. <laughs> Was it challenging for you to invest in a multifamily property as a limited partner coming from the single family um, space, especially investing abroad first? Uh, it was not that difficult. The only thing is like a fear will be there, right? Uh, uh, I may not have the control on the property and someone else is going to do it and all. So that fear was there when to transition to multifamily. So for that, I, I did a little research and say that uh, what would I do if I buy a single family property in this market? Uh, is the rent a positive cash flow or, or is the market growing type of background such as I did? And then if I'm doing, if the single family is working there, then definitely multifamily would work, right? That was the thought process then. And then I took the decision and took the risk and put it because I invested a lot in stock market in 2008. I took the deep and I, I saw I lost money and of course I made money back. Uh, I with the same mindset, in worst case it would go down, but real estate won't crash overnight. So that is one thing I felt uh, I will have the opportunity to cover it back. At that time for the first deal as a limited partner, were you also connecting and networking with other operators at the same time? Or was that first operator that you reached out to the first one you uh, invested with? No, I started attending all the real estate events uh, that was happening in Dallas area in that time. I'm from Dallas. So whatever events were happening, I went there just to learn. And then I joined one uh, multifamily 
uh, mentoring group also in Dallas. Uh, that gave me the momentum for me to take a strong action quickly and then started building up the units. Yeah, despite COVID, despite all other slownesses, yes. What set that operator apart from the other operators um, for that first deal to allow you to jump in and then start continuing to dive into multifamily from there? So the first one, um, to my surprise, they were very organized uh, in the information that um, I was looking for. Right, They had already answers, like in the market details, they gave clearly. Uh, the job growth, uh, the type of uh, tenants they are targeting and the projections and uh, what is the market, uh, targeted market uh, sale price, etc. how they would achieve and all this. Details were very clear in that uh, presentation that made me comfortable in taking the decision. And so then from that first deal, did you invest in a couple more deals as a passive investor first, or then did you jump into the general partner one, side? One more passive after that, before I got the opportunity to syndicate. But after that, uh, I think parallelly I was doing both passive investment and uh, um, active investments. How did you get from a passive investor and then make that transition as a general partner onto the sponsorship side? You know, whenever you go to a real estate event, you get excited and you say, I have to do something. So it happened that way. We were at a real estate event and um, multifamily presentation was happening. And they said, hey, sitting here and taking passive role may not speed us uh, in the net worth growth. So let me take action. Worst come worst, what will happen? Like one deal, two deal, we may be able to do it in a year or we may not be able to do it. So we can always invest passively. So let us explore that. That experience will definitely help in passive investments. That was the thought process. So I was talking to the, a couple of other people who attended the event at this at that time, and one of my friends also accompanied me. So after coming back, coming out of the hall, me and my friend were talking. Let us do actively. So one day and see how it goes. If it works, then we will speed up. Then another gentleman who attended the event, he said, okay, why don't we three team up and then buy one? So that's how the first one happened. Like we we teamed up, three of us, we bought the 96 unit. And so at that time, this was your third deal First yep. as a general sponsor, and then two as a limited partner. Um, so this was a 96 unit. Was it in the Texas market? Yeah, it is in Wichita Falls area. Uh, it's in Texas market. Were there any challenges, especially for the first time the three of you are working together um, on the same team and then also purchasing uh, you know, your first multifamily property? Yeah, there was a little bit of a challenge. Definitely, there like not a lot of unknowns like we are getting into. Luckily, the partner who joined us, he was doing a smaller multifamily deals at that time, and the ninety-six was the bigger one for him. Like he was doing twenty units type of thing. The mistakes are maybe things I would say that as a novice, I should have been more known. Is like. We picked up the uh, project, which has uh, almost uh, 36 units completely gutted down. 
without the value add means it has to be that level. So that's how the project we picked it up. 36 units were offline? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, the owner who sold it to us, right? He was planning to completely upgrade those units. So he gutted it down except this, uh, this one is there, nothing is there. And she truck was not there. Anything was not there, like an empty building. So we thought that it's easy and then do it. Then later on, we realized that it's not that easy to do those heavy lifts as a first project. But we learned a lot. And well, it cost us, uh, I think, extra 30,000, 40,000 than what we projected. But we were able to bring all the 36 units online and then added some more value add to the property. Now it is doing great. How long did it take you to start to stabilize that property and start generating some type of cash flow? So it was cash flowing from the remaining units. So it mm-hmm. was uh, covering for the loan and all. Um, but the additional income, it took extra six months for us to finish. Originally, we were planning to finish it up in a year. It took 18 months or so, a month, uh, a little over 18 months to finish all the units. So then after that first deal, what had happened after that? So while uh, we are doing that, uh, the first thing was uh, we had to raise 1.2 million as co-GPs. We were not sure whether we would be able to raise 1.2 million or not. To our surprise, within a week, we were able to raise 1.2. Then that boosted our confidence level a lot. Then I went and did three more deals that year. In the same market? In the same market, I mean, not in the same sub market, but within DFW market, yeah. And with the same partners, or did you find other partners yeah, to different work with? Partners, different partners, so for each deal, different partners. And as you were analyzing the deals and deciding, you know, what made a good deal or what made sense to you, what were some of the metrics or what were you looking at in terms of, you know, the property size or the property condition and what were some of the strategies to implement after you took over the property? So strategies wise, um, first thing we realized is 96 is a smaller size. In syndications, uh, you should have at least 200 plus units. That's what I realized. So that's why the second uh, acquisition is 200 units. So we felt that at least you need to have two people in the office and two people outside. To support that level of staff, you need to have 200 units. That is the first thing that I learned. And then I started implementing from that point onwards. And the second thing is uh, um, when you look for this uh, median household income, the higher the better. So we were at, initially we were looking around 45k median household income. Then later on we pushed that limit to a little higher. That way we will have more bandwidth to increase the rents. So even with 45k also we we have bandwidth to increase it. But if it, the higher it is, the better it is. That is another thing we noticed. And the um, demographics and Otherwise, like if you are closer to schools and then if you are closer to commute places, that is more desirable as another lesson learned rather than some nice complex sitting like a couple of miles in interior somewhere. So we implemented that again, like closer to the freeway within uh, five minutes, they should be able to get onto the freeway. So that is the criteria we started looking into. And uh, 
makes it a demographic job growth minimum one percent per year there's another thing we started implementing so like that there are a bunch of lessons we learned and then started implementing all those yeah. was it challenging from raising capital for a 96 units and then jumping to a larger 200 unit property market was good at that time and a lot of investors were there it was not that challenging for me. So until now, touch with uh, I never missed on the targeted amount that I wanted to raise in any deal. And so from that 200-unit property, what did you do after that? After that, another 200, after that 400 units. So then the question came, should I go for even bigger one? Uh, I did some more research and I felt that once you cross 400 units, the smaller syndications may not be able to buy those units. Then you need to sell it to institutions only. So institutions typically look for Class A products, not Class B. So we stopped the size at 400 units max. So anywhere from 200 to 400 is our sweet spot now. And are you still focused in the Dallas-Fort Worth market? Not exactly, but now I'm anywhere in Sunbelt states and focusing on now. And then at what point, because I think you mentioned uh, last year, now you're full-time real estate uh, in commercial real estate. Yep. So then at what point, uh, as you were continuing to grow and scale the multifamily side of things, did you decide to make that decision? So first two years, I was able to manage, or rather three years, I was able to manage thanks to COVID. Everybody was working from home. So that gave me the opportunity because I don't need to commute. That gave me extra couple of hours to do research on the property and then do all the diligence and all that due diligence and all. Uh, from that point onwards, I felt that yeah, now that I feel comfortable with this business. Let me take it full time onto this one because if I continue both, it's like a two jobs in a day. So I, at some point I was running, I was doing 16 hours a day. Uh, so I, I thought it's not worth doing 16 hours after working in IT field for 30 years. So I should make a transition and take the decision to come to commercial real estate. Then I slowly, um, I put the IT on the side burner. But, and what is your next focus, Vidar? So now um, I ventured into construction, multifamily construction, mixed use construction and all. That's the next uh, phase I'm into. Then I, uh, now I'm looking into expanding even further and get into private equity too. So, you know, basically the whole ecosystem of real estate, commercial real estate, I want to cover. That way I don't need to worry too much now. As part of the private equity, uh, I co-founded a fund. Now we are targeting to acquire multifamily through the fund. And how has real estate investing impacted your life? Uh, it's tremendously. So the way I would see is like, yeah, everybody say, oh, I'm getting money. But if you go there and try to improve the properties and then the amount of appreciation you get from the tenants, it's Really, really nice. Yes, it's a business. I don't uh, uh, deny that it's a business. But at the same time, if you are able to improve, improve the quality of the tenant's life, right? 
that is really something that you feel good about it. And if there is one thing you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? So, uh, had I known that uh, real estate is this uh, achievable, I mean, first thing I was not aware of that. Um, commercial real estate that I can do a syndication and buy larger properties when I was building up my career. That I, I didn't know. Had I known that, I would have started very, very long back. A lot of people get afraid when they see the bigger numbers. Now they don't intimidate. You know, even if a $100 million ticket item for a commercial real estate purchase, I don't get tensed. So I, I look for the solution and then move on that. So that that I would have done had I known that syndication was a way to expand. So that that's one thing. And another thing is uh, long hours which I spent on IT career, I would have avoided definitely had I known that I can build the wealth without stressing out so much. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I will say in real estate is a slow growth business. So you need to have a perseverance. Like you need to constantly focus on the things that uh, you're uh, working on and always look for improvements. As long as we do that focus, um, the focused approach, right? I think one would be successful. So that that's what uh, differentiated most of the success people, in my opinion, successful people from the others here. Yeah. So, Sridhar, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? So they can come to my website. It is uh, www.growwealth2retire.com. Growwealth2retire.com. Fantastic. Sridhar, thank you so much for all of your time today. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to connect with your listeners. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.